it doesn't matter if it's a life anymore. Remember when we used to have a debate like two years ago? Is it a life or is it not? It's not about is it a life or is it not. It's about doesn't matter if I kill the baby, it's my right to do it. Right. Welcome back to another episode of PPK. We are back at it. Boys are back at it. Consistent. Doing our thing. Let's get right into it, Meeks. What are we doing today? Yeah, we're talking about the culture of death. And uh, hopefully, if you're watching, you notice my hat. And the thing is, if you're not wearing it, you're part of the culture of death, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry. These aren't released yet, so don't get too scared. But we're talking about the culture of death. Um, I was kind of just sitting thinking about the, um, the Texas shooting that just recently happened. And not that this is supposed to be a, a gun control debate or anything like that. But I feel like the conversation always goes to guns and what government intervention is okay and what isn't. And I think what never gets talked about is the culture that we have created. Um, the, the mental health issues or all the other factors around besides the person who just gets the gun that you know besides the gun the thing that does it everything behind the individual his community and the society that we've created yeah so i think that's just something that doesn't get talked about enough we have a podcast where we try to talk about things so that was a good fit well you think about what we're trying to do here right we're saying about changing the culture from within and i think this hits home because what we're saying is and we were just talking about this as we were preparing for this show uh keone we were talking about that correlation between um, Holy Mother Church in the world, right? So if, if the church is is going through some things, um, then the world is going to be going through some things. And we see that. We see the fracturedness. We see the father wound. We see uh, the evil that has entered into the church that's really trying to change the church from within, right? Um, uh, from this liberal theology or whatever it may be. Um, and I think, why is that so important for us today? We think about like our um, our own accountability and responsibility as it relates to, as it relates to, <laughs> uh, is that a little best baby Gianna uh, hanging out? <laughs> yeah, what you're hearing in the background is a 10-month-old that is going ballistic because it's her bedtime. So, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> that, that's the reality of what we do. That's nice. I miss, I miss that girl. But it, it, I think it goes back to our accountability and responsibility and how we um, inform, feed, uh, influence effectuate uh, both the church and the culture, and and what we're saying, as you as you alluded to, it makes is um, the culture that we created, and now we're going to act surprised, and right? we're going to act surprised when somebody um, loses it and does an atrocious, evil thing like that. Yet, boy, we we condone, we glamorize evil all day long, you know, um, whether. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing Grand Theft Auto, right? Because that's just, you know, just whatever when you're sitting there and you can objectify women, run people over, shoot people. and But that's okay. You know, we're going to, those young minds are going to grow up and they're going to make better decisions, I guess, when they get older. Or when we think about um, uh, the murdering of babies, right? We talk about that where people always try to draw that conclusion between you guys are always, you're pro-life when it comes to, uh, you know, abortion, but when it comes to gun control, because, you know, the gun's what killed somebody not the person like pulling the trigger or losing his mind and anyway i think that's what we're trying to talk about here is put those things aside and let's talk about the real problem right the corruption of the soul right the 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 the, the spiritual death that we see 
um, the lack of morality because of the lack of God in the public square. Shoot County, you know this uh, real time. I mean, your mom, you, your sister, you deal, you work in the mental health field. You're dealing with wounded souls every single day, wounded souls every single day, and and you're you're living and dealing with the consequences of this real time. What, what say you, County? I mean, there's so much there. Um, I think just briefly, it made me think of, I had a conversation with my wife, Michelle, um, I think within this past week, just looking at the state of the world and the state of the church and the correlation and thinking about kind of Pope, Pope Francis and some things that might be questionable and, and things that have been put in place, right? Whether it be liberal or progressive or what have you, right? But then correlating that to the president that we have in the most powerful country in the world and how they're connected in a sense, ideology speaking, in, in some ways, right? And and just like, yeah, we're going to have to suffer that. Because how can we be surprised that the government, all the Catholic people within government who say they're Catholic are, I mean, I don't think any of them can receive communion, <laughs> yeah, rightly so. Shouldn't so, be. Um, yeah. yeah, they shouldn't be. Um, and, and so just, just thinking about, like, how can we be surprised? And, you know, I was talking to... Um, a client of mine who was who brought up the Texas shooting too, and just you know the fear and just the worry and the state of the world, and I was and I was just saying from a Christian standpoint, you know exactly what you said, pops. Like the grace that enters into the world, the entire world, is through the church first. We're the we're the means in which God allows the grace and is is using us as an instrument, His Holy Mother Church, for the grace to spread to to the world, right? So if the world is in shambles, it speaks to us as what we're doing to spread the truth. Because what happens is you think about the people in Israel going to out of Exodus and into their promised land. What were they doing the whole time in that journey? They were seeing all these pagans, people, doing what they do, the fallen human nature, worshiping other gods, living lives that were, were faulty. And what happens is we either can minister to them or we can do what they do and fall into it. And what is God doing? God knows our heart and he's trying to protect us, right? But so often we do um, what they do, what the culture is doing. And so what we're seeing now is I'm thinking this culture of death that's being glamorized. And I think a lot from a Christian standpoint, it's like, a, well, yeah, of course. It's, it's of the world. But what are we doing as Christians to stand up to that? And so I think it's it's step one is just spreading the nature of like, okay, let's also talk about the culture itself. Like, what is it promoting? But from another standpoint, from a Christian standpoint, like, what are we doing to fight back? And I think that's that's huge because we're, we're going to have to suffer the effects of the faithful that are, I mean, I mean, all of us in general, but especially the faithful that are offending God day in and day out. And Mother Mary made it very clear, like, stop offending God because there's, there's so much worse that can come. Um, so I know, I know there's a lot there, but just kind of thinking about, like to your point, Meeks, so often we, in, in wanting to seek answers, we look to the government to impose something. But then it's like, okay, that, that might work, but broken people are going to find ways to hurt people. It doesn't matter what you take away. Right? And it's like, okay, but let's look at the people. Let's look at what we, what we are glamorizing. Right, and I think that's that's oftentimes more important because that's what people idealize. 
people want the attention. People want to be self-seeking. People want whatever to follow their passions, their emotions. People are learning that human beings aren't peoples with with dignity, but a means to an end, right? All of that. Why why aren't we talking about that enough? So I think um, those are my thoughts on the topic, and I think it's an important one. Yeah, so I was listening to Pat Coffin today because he actually just recently dropped an episode on um, basically all the things that go on go behind a mass shooting. And it was a lot about video games, which um, whether you agree with that or not, it's everything that we do has consequences. So um, the person that he brought on brought a good point because obviously me and Kenny growing up as, I think, Kenny, are you Gen Z or are you millennial? I think I'm Gen Z. Yeah, I think but you're I might be a Gen millennial. Z. I think you're a star. Yeah, I think Gen I'm a star. So as Gen Z, obviously, um, and regular human beings, we play Call of Duty a little bit, and there's this whole idea of, um, yeah, but obviously 99% of people don't end up like that. But he, the guy that Pat Coffin brought on, said that you, when we were kids, none of us wore seatbelts. We're all still good. Are we going to stop outlawing seatbelts? Because, you know, these people are good. Yeah. So there's a certain level of like, okay, I think that's a good argument there. They made another good point that there was actually... I guess there was no laws, and I need to get the actual, the, the factual sort of terminology here, but they're discussing how not until 1968 had there been really laws restricting kids from buying like rifles or certain things, right? So like even after World War II, um, kids could go to this, like a military excess store and buy guns that were used there. So things that could do the same damage that we see now in mass shootings. And that was until 1968 that we put things into law. We didn't have our first mass shooting like a, at a school until 1975 in Ontario, I believe, in Canada. So what we're trying to figure out is, okay, so what changed? We had more access to guns back then. We have less now. We have, definitely have less knowledge about guns in terms of individuals being able to know how to use it. So what are some big things that changed? Obviously, Roe v. Wade is a big thing that changed. The internet's a huge thing that changed. Things like video games. And then I think just the, the culture itself has no, all changed. No-fault divorce, right? Where so people, the fractured family. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's all these things that we have to, like, we, if we're going to have this conversation, let's just be serious and let's, let's be real about it and let's not grab or straw man anybody or anything like that. Let's just really state, like, what's really going on here because it's not the guns, nothing of that has changed. It's been 68 to now. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. I think we all know the differences in some ways. I just saw a video today from um, live action in which a uh, girl's leaving the uh, Planned Parenthood and there's like, you know, pro-lifers with their signs or something like that out. And then the girl who's leaving just said, oh yeah, I just killed my baby. I just killed my baby saying that to these people. So what we have on one hand is not any, it's not anymore about, you know, you're not going to guilt me. It's like my freedom. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a life anymore. Remember we used to have a debate like two years ago. Is it a life or is it not? It's not about is it a life or is it not? It's about doesn't matter if I kill the baby, it's my right to do it. Right. So we used to have the argument. So now if we're saying it's a my right to kill, and so that kill now resembles freedom in the same way that if someone else now sees a right to kill as a sense of freedom to get from whatever shackles they're in, whatever mental health struggles that they're in, to be able to be seen to for the first time ever, right? That's what a lot of people want to do is be seen for whatever reason. And a lot of these people don't have, you know, criminal record. I don't think the biggest shooter had anything on his record at all. So there's this whole thing of like, okay, so where is the issue? Now, if we have people talking like, yeah, I just killed my baby. And now this is some resemblance of freedom and my right to do things. I don't see how now we could blame somebody else for doing the same exact thing 
on the same being older now. Well, I mean, if you even think about it, right, there the whole infanticide piece where there's laws that are being proposed that even after the baby's born up until, I don't know, 28 days, you can kill the baby. I mean, what are you talking about? Right? We have laws right now. I mean, we think about um, the Scott Peterson case in California, and they have other ones, right, where you had a double homicide because you killed Lacey Peterson, who was pregnant, and it was a double homicide. Or, or, or was the law seems to think that that's a, that's a baby, or, or kind of sort of, because maybe not, because it's Roe versus Wade. So it's, it's this craziness that, like, if we really want to, like you said, have an honest dialogue, like, let's talk about that. You, I mean, you're seeing some of this stuff in social media where you have people saying, literally saying, I wish I was aborted. Like, just, just let that sink in for a second. Because you're told from day one, from especially this crazy left-wing group, that your life isn't life and it doesn't matter anyway. That you're just an accessory, you're an obstacle, you don't mean anything. So when somebody says that, that I wish I was aborted, and yet, but we want to be, we want to be super, you know, um, we want to pay attention to suicide. It's just like the, 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 these people who are politicizing a real human issue are talking out of both sides of their mouth strictly from a political sense because they want power, they want influence, they play on emotions. And I think that's the part where we get frustrated. It's like, you know, um, people try to draw the, the seamless garment argument, especially that was a, um, I can't remember his, uh, the name, but, you know, tries to make all of these evils equal. You know, racism is the same as abortion, yada, 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 and all this other stuff. And then it pins us against each other. And we stop talking about ob- objectively and logically and reasonably to say, look, what is it? What's really at, at what's really at the core of this issue right now? Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, no, I was just going to say um, to sort of kind of wrap out my point. Like when you when we were looking at how big suicide has gotten, that wasn't really an issue back in, if we're talking pre-1968 or some of these things. And just if we just set the table for it, here's our culture. And you have divorce, or most of the time, people not even in wedlock. And you have, so now it's like, okay, so the relationship doesn't matter. And then everything's about, it's never about prioritizing the kid. It's always, that's a just a, a negative effect of something that's, you know, from a free to, freedom from our freedom and involving ourselves in this sexual act, there's a negative side effect towards it. Or if it's, hey, there's a negative side effect of, you know, me exploring my relationship, being a sexual being like we all are as humans. And unfortunately, this happens and now it prohibits my career. So everything about a kid is seen as negative. And then it's like, then when we have kids, it's okay to divorce and leave everything off. And they have to be battling between all these weekends. Uh, between this parent and that parent and then now they have stepped down this situation or now mom's lesbian somehow miracle and all this other stuff and then then they grow up right and so now now you know they're in this is this, let's talk about my age group and then now we have phones where all of our value comes from being what's cool on here and it's not in front of people and then those people that go and shoot schools are the same people at school that we all ignore or we make fun of or are sitting in the table and they smell weird so we don't want to be with them whatever it's going to be and then we go and question, oh, my gosh, why are people weird while we just sit in our screens all day? And then we have literally food that's probably 90% more chemicals than it is actual real food. And then we 
graduate and then we have uh, a ton of debt because all we did was just spend time partying and drinking this whole time and once again just getting into this sort of lifestyle that's pleasure filled and completely service level and then we go to a job where we realize oh yeah no one actually values us or care about us because we're all replaceable and then what we do is then now it's like so you're still drinking so if you're working eight to ten to twelve hours and then you just drink and then that's a fall cycle until you retire and then you die and then you're thinking huh, why are people so depressed now? I can't, I can't, it doesn't make sense to me. Why do we all think that we're so depressed while we just sit here and we scroll, we scroll, and all we do is worship celebrities that have literally nothing to do with us, and they're, for the most part, you know, pretty tied in with Satan and selling their souls, and we have no clue about it. And so it's just this constant thing of like, uh, that when I was listening to this podcast, they brought up that Netflix said that their only competition is sleep. So it's like, it's this whole idea of like, constantly being consumed and they are controlling your every move and we're so blind to that and then when these things happen we're just so shocked and you know steve kerr just couldn't believe anything would happen and it's just some of these things where i think we're just so far removed not that like yeah there should be a bad there should be a an intense reaction to what happened because it's a grave evil but it's also like hey steve you make five million dollars a year steph makes 40 Draymond makes 30, Clay makes 30. You guys could literally go throughout all of San Francisco, the entire district, maybe even the whole Bay Area, and you can employ veterans by yourself to protect schools. But what do you do? You go up on a press conference, you sit on a table, you cry, you bang your fists about we need change, while you get to go back to your mansion, and everybody else has to sit and make sure we watch you, we support you, we keep doing all these things. And what are you wearing? You're wearing a shirt made uh, by people in China who jump out of company, they literally commit suicide, jump out of the windows to escape things like sweatshops from, you know, where your t-shirt's being made. Um, Your commissioner can't take a stand against China because he knows that they own him and, and they're not allowed to say anything bad about it. So it's like this whole cycle of complete nonsense that I, I really just, I, I can't get behind. And I don't want to sit and pretend anymore that we can just put something on our story. We can put Steve Kerr or somebody taking a stand. Or maybe let's make a shirt that says, shoot hoops, not people, and act like we're doing something. You're not doing anything, dude. Because guess what? In another six months, unfortunately, it might probably happen again. Because we're not going to change anything in our society from this point to that point. And I think the reality is, is like, we need to be praying. We need to be doing something better. We need to be self-armed. We need to take these things seriously um, and being able to protect ourselves and our community. I think that's a real thing that needs to happen. If there's any steps that government needs to take, it's employing veterans or armed people in front of schools to prevent this stuff from happening. So I don't want to act like this is not an issue, but it's like, dude, we're just going to go the same cycle. Let's let's keep making stories. Let's keep making cool t-shirts so that we can sell money off of kids' lives and doing this whole thing of like, let me do this rant. So, that, oh, look, now Steve's a great guy, man. I'm why so does, woke. Why doesn't Steve run for governor, dude? Yeah, I'm so woke. So it's just like, it's just frustrating. That's the whole point of this is like, let's have a real conversation about what's the difference between 1968. There's no laws to restrict. I, I could have got a gun at 12 years old, a rifle, but what, 1967. So, yeah. So what? Is, so what's that difference? Family, God, virtues being instilled in the home, kids being raised right instead of, you know, to do all these wrongs but keone i know we've been obviously miko and i are pretty on fire about this stuff what what, what do you got going on over there keone i i think it just the loss of the identity and the purpose of every man we've lost it because when you when you when you misrepresent the identity of the person you don't see them as a creature of god as someone with an 
with dignity that is that cannot be taken away, well, then you you have no purpose. And then there's when you don't see a purpose in yourself and you don't see a purpose in other people, well, you use people. And then you, if you have no purpose, you get depressed. And then you don't want to be on this earth, right? And then you are reckless or impulsive or whatever. And so I think about, you know, this idea of identity and, and the culture and how distorted it is. Just being in the mental health field. And you think about the idea of suicide. We have a legal and ethical duty as a therapist to do everything reasonable to help um, provide a barrier or protect the client from suicide. We don't have to stop it legally, but we have to do everything we can to take appropriate measures to prevent it, right? And I think that's interesting because why don't we honor the self-determination of the client? They want to kill themselves, right? But we know and, and we know without saying that this client's life is valuable. And even though they want to do it, it's because of something that's not, it's abnormal. It's a, it's a, it's a result of a, a mental illness or a disorder or a hurt or a wound, right? If you want to make it more politically correct, right? So we understand that. So they say, you know, you have a responsibility as a healer to prevent that. But everything else doesn't matter. If I have a 90-year-old who has a terminal illness and they say, well, I just want to pull the plug, what does a therapist have to do? You honor their self-determination. Ethically. You don't say, well, I don't agree with that. or whatever. No, you have to honor their self-determination. And then you go to the abortion debate. Well, what, you just honor the self-determination of the mother. It's her body. She gets to do what she wants. But with suicide, why is this the exception? Why is it when someone comes to me and says, you know what? F my life. No one cares. I'm hopeless. I have no future. No one loves me. I want to die. Why not? We're like, dude, you're right, man. Yeah, you go for it. It's your choice, man. Your body. But no, no, no. I can be legally in trouble because I didn't prevent, I didn't try to take appropriate measures to prevent it. Why? It, it, it is, it's not consistent. So what you can see, we're confused. And like, we know without saying that someone who's suicidal is not in the right state of mind, but everywhere else you think about transgender, you think about all the other just confusion in the world, abortion and all that. Like someone saying, I wish I was aborted. Like, even um, just the idea of a mother who is designed to nurture and care for a baby wanting to kill it, you can see there's a distortion there. Just, it's unnatural. So like, it just doesn't add up. And so why don't we step back and be like, okay, why is that the case though? Why is one party different than the other? Why is it that we, we sometimes understand, but, but then other times we don't really, we don't really know we're just going to let the, the person choose. Right? And it's like, okay, well, what does that lead to? Well, the identity of the person and their purpose. And that stems from us. It starts internally, right? And then it starts to bleed into a culture. And so that's what I think is lost because it doesn't make sense. I thought about that so many times of like, of course I want to help this person, right? He was suicidal. But why is that recognized and legally and ethically obligated for me to do something? But I can let someone else just, abortion. Is it, or, or pull the plug, right? So we're seeing a confused culture where we pick and choose what's protected and what's not protected, what's worth it and what's not, when it's okay to honor their choice, right? It's, it's, their, it's their idea of who they are. Let them embrace it. Why don't we say, no, 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 that person's confused and um, they're probably mentally unstable if their conception of reality and reality don't align. Right, but we, we endorse it now. So it's so inconsistent. 
and I'm thinking, okay, well, well, when are we going to reflect and be like, well, what is that? Where has that led us? Where has this confused ideology? Where is this idea of self-determination? When is it, you know, when is it our job to be responsible to spread the truth and to help our brothers and sisters who are living a life that is confused or wounded or whatever? When is it going to be our responsibility to actually help them just like it is for, for me to prevent suicide, mm -hmm. to do what I can to prevent it, right? It's, it's the same thing for the, the kid who's bullied or, or outcasted or the mother who wants to end the, the life of the baby. Like all of that is our obligation. But I think we've lost that too because we've been like, like Meek said, like we're on our phone just not caring. And we play video games and we learn that like I can just kill you and then if I die, oh well, I'll just respawn and I'm back in the game, you know? And it's like it, it's like this there's no sanctity for human life unless there's a liability. Right? Unless yes. I can get sued. Well now there's sanctity. Well, and you think about all the, you know, the videos where you have people getting, you know, mugged or, or shot or beat up, right? Whether it doesn't even matter, right? A guy beating up a girl and what do people do? You think they stop them? Where they pull the phones out, right? Let me record this. Like that's where we are today. Like I'm looking for the bystander next, effect. You know, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just crazy. But you know, I know we're 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 hot and heated about this because it is. And you know, it's like when we reflect on it, it's like we are we we are getting what we deserve and more as as a culture because we've glamorized and glorified sin. We've separated the procreative aspect of the sexual act, which is what it was made for, right? To produce life. That's what it's for, to unite spouses together, to come together, and to, to, to ultimately sacrifice. But it is absolutely 100%, I think, correlated to the breakdown of the family. Everything can be, you want to see where the, the fundamental self-society, it all points back to brokenness in the family and the inability for us to learn virtue and our value and your dignity, all the stuff you guys have both been saying, we've all been saying about that. The two questions we always, we know people struggle with, again, I'm sure you guys get this in therapy, but we get this even in ministry, is who am I and what's my purpose, right? That's why gender, gender ideology is such a big, be you, man. You finally get to be you, right? And the most celebrated um, group, demographic out there, and yet they still have issues with suicide, depression, and yet you got every you got every major corporation su supporting you, changing their their logo to support you. You got every you got holidays, you got parades going on in the midst of this all. You got them bringing you in to corrupt the young minds of the world, and yet you still you're still not enough, huh? Why not? It's interesting that they and they, what they're going to say is, well, no, no, it's because of the bigotry and the hatred that they experience. And I'm like, okay, let's assume that that's true. What was the suicide rate? of the African-Americans in slavery, mm. much less. It wasn't okay. 50%. It was, I think, from numbers I've heard, and it's been a while, so I've, I think maybe like 13%, mm -hmm. significantly less. Mm -hmm. And you mean to tell me the bigotry and hatred they've experienced is, is more than slavery? Than Jim Crow? I, I don't buy it. Okay. And not only that, post-surgery, it doesn't change. No. I mean, not Dr. significantly. Pa Do yeah, Dr. Paul McHugh proved that. Right, who is all about, all about that that stuff. But but it does go back to again going back to the, the, all the points you're pointing about. Happens in the, the family, 
And so the devil, he knows what his target is. Destroy the marriage, destroy the family, and then you get to claim souls. Meeks. And I think yeah. in, a, in a different way, real quick, Meeks, the, the, in a very specific way to what you're saying, Pops, is destroying the family most often through the men because they're okay. the father of the home and they're the oh, defender. Yeah. And I was just thinking about where this topic started by the idea of a mass shooting. How many female mass shooters have we seen? Yeah. It's, it's a man problem. Yes, women, there's effects, right, all the time, right? And they have their own wounds because of men. But men are failing. And it's the idea of the broken household because the man is the defender of the home. They're the priest of the home. They're mm -hmm. serve, protect, and defend, right? When the family is now infiltrated by evil, oftentimes, yeah, the women are going to be broken in their own ways. But men are especially broken because we have a, a, a direct responsibility to serve, protect, and defend those around us, even outside of our family. The community at large, right? So when it's distorted and the devil and the culture of death is, is alive, well, what happens? They don't serve, protect, and defend. They kill, destroy, and they use. Because yeah, it's so, distorted. Yeah, because if the boy doesn't grow up to be a man, authentically a man, then he becomes a barbarian. You guys heard me say that before. Miko? Yeah, I was going to say, if you pay attention to our last few Fulton Friday videos... And I think a big theme in, in uh, Venerable Sheen's sort of life is worth living talks that he would give uh, the show and something a lot is like the distortion of freedom. And I think when I think about the culture of death, what I see is an, is an obsession with freedom to just only the extent that it doesn't matter necessarily what I'm doing, the pleasure that I'm getting from the act. It's the fact that I'm exerting my freedom. And I think that's what we see in, in, in sort of everything, right? Like, they're bringing up this point of, um, I mean, if we're talking about the thing of video games, how it actually came to law in California, I think under Schwarzenegger, maybe, that they were saying, like, we got to quit with this stuff, and it went all the way to Supreme Court, and then the video games won, right? And I think it's like, because we're so obsessed with exerting our freedom that we don't care at what cost that is. Yep. And that's why we're saying, like, you know, well, then why don't we just do away with seatbelts or some of these other things? Like, we know that there's boundaries, right? Like the, the same thing that people always talk about with a, a game and certain boundaries of it. But I think about, like, when that person is saying, I aborted my baby, I wish I was aborted, they don't actually mean those things. It's just the point. It doesn't matter what comes across, only if I prove in this point that I exerted my freedom. And it's a, it's the saddest thing to do. I think it's the same thing with these people who obviously feel like they've just been, you know, just cast it aside their whole life and have never been able to experience that fun table with the athletes or whatever is going on in their head it's like they're exerting some sort of freedom you know and i think that's what pride month's about it's just like oh we felt like we've been in this box that we can't get out of we can't be ourselves it doesn't matter what it it doesn't matter at what cost we're going to exert our freedom and so that's why i think it's so dangerous and you know fulton sheen talks about instead of a, a society that denudes its sin and denudes his clothes you know and then he talks about you know the per perversion of freedom and until people realize that the greatest freedom there is is the freedom to be a saint and i think that's like it's so difficult to get our culture to realize that you know like i remember you know talking about marriage a long time and it's always like well you know what does that have to do with you so it's just always this idea of like we're just obsessed with freedom in 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 america which is funny i guess that's all we've you know i've talked about in america and um, I think that's really, it seems, obviously, I think the family's the core in some of these, but I just can't get over that fact of, like, until people realize 
that this freedom or license that you have doesn't mean anything, you know, until we realize, until we realize those things, that you're going to find people who are happier in, you know, some remote jungle in South America that have zero freedom that you have, or until we realize that, you know, I think, think about the obsession with freedom of women wanting to work so bad. And I don't know if this is like too much, but I'm just thinking like, We've got this obsession that a woman needs to have a corporate job so bad, right? Let's give a sales job. Okay, so w- women have been you know, complaining about they don't have these opportunities to get in these places. So you go get a sales job. You go convince people to buy something they don't need. You get 3% of the profit that you get so that the person that's way above you um, can continue to feast, get his yacht, all his other things, his three houses, while you do all the work for it. And you get 3% of that back. That's what you're fighting for? That's freedom? I mean, that's, that's the thing. Is like we, It doesn't matter at what cost we want to exert our freedom. So if men are in the workforce, then we want to do it. It's not. You know, you know what freedom is? Freedom is being like, um, I don't have to actually live by society's standards of what they think is a healthy household income or having three properties or I have passive income this way. I think what freedom looks like is I don't have to depend on any grocery store. I don't have to depend on any corporation. I don't have to depend on anybody but myself to live my life and provide for my family. That, to me, would be freedom. I don't think freedom is working so that kids can go to daycare and like, what are we teaching people? That's what I'm trying to, you know, I'm just like, mm-hmm. we want to exert freedom so much that we don't care about the cost. And then we're in a place now where it's like, Hey, we got all the freedom in the world, brother. You can be literally any gender. You can make one up tomorrow. If you get a good case for it, it might be on CNN. Who knows? I mean, we have all the freedom in the world. Yet we still have all these problems. And then we're just wondering, Hmm, what's going on here? You know? So it's just like, Oh man, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. I mean, I, I, I know we're going to have another moment like this again where it's going to be about guns and stuff. And, you know, I don't think I exhausted enough energy to not do another podcast, but it's just like at some point we got to talk about it. It's just this, this stuff is, it's so sad. And, you know, I think that's why we're doing what we wanted, what we're doing right now in the ministry and World of Blaze and Preach Prophet King and why I quit my job because like people need to hear this. I mean, our generation's. You know, the kids under me are suffering. The mo- I, they don't even know a life uh, without, like, you know, phones. or They don't know a life without uh, their parents' camera in their face all the time. They don't know what that's like. I mean, there's some kids who didn't even know, like, uh, life before masks. You know what I mean? Like, we, there's yeah. some things. There's so many things. And that's why we're so, you know, passionate about this stuff. Because, like, there's so many people who need to hear what real freedom is. Yeah. Because if we're going to leave it to the world, it's like, dude buckle up i mean well the thing is you talk about family you know you talk about freedom and, and most people see it freedom from rules constraints right restrictions versus freedom for excellence right virtue holiness and i think where do you learn it in the family you learn real quick about rules regulations that life's not about you because we're each at service to each other parents at service to their children ch- children at service to their parents and and to one another but true charity right? True, true charity. And I think that's the thing where, you know, we think about what our Lord said, right? He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now you think about some of those professed quote unquote Catholics out there, like the Bidens or the Pelosi's, or I mean, pick any one of these clowns that are out there, right? Where they, they, if you don't agree with them, you're a bigot, you're, 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 you're a bigot, you're divisive. And it's just like, Hmm, it's interesting. Cause I think Jesus said that you need to love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. So you think about the way we live our Christianity. You think about things that are tangible and actionable for us is, are we living a true authentic witness of discipleship in everything that we do? 
whether it be what Keone said about just being a man and living up to that call as the priest of the home, uh, serving, protecting, defending all of what God has given us, especially our women and children. Are we living out a joyful Catholic witness to everybody that we encounter where we actually make somebody better, not worse when they encounter us? I mean, just think about it. Like there's so much of this that we can continue to go on and on and on, but it gets frustrating because there's so many people that are just hypocrites and talking out of both sides of the mouth, and then sitting there in, in, you know, the steep curves of the world, right? Why, oh, why, oh, why? It's so easy to do that at a press conference as you're in the, you know, championships in your world that you're so disconnected with your, you know, privilege. Um, and I hope the Warriors lose um, because that's what Laker fans do, except I'm not really a Laker fan right now because I want LeBron off the team. Um, I want him to go to China or something. Anyway, I digress. Keone, as we bring this out and round it out, what else you got to say on this one, man? Just lastly, in the, in the idea of freedom, freedom without the emphasis on pursuing vir- virtue through freedom becomes habitual sin. I think just plainly put, if you focus on freedom for freedom's sake, without the emphasis on virtue, it will become habitual sin very quickly. Because when we do what I want, and that's all I care about, it becomes a vice. And vices become habitual because we're falling. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's that actually brings, that's a really good point, because I'll probably post this for the Fulton Friday, but they're not going to see it till after it's posted. But Fulton Sheen says it, so hopefully you've already seen it. But Fulton Sheen says, do you know what hell is? Hell is the eternal guarantee of human freedom. That's what he says. It's the internal guarantee of human freedom. Mm, that's and a as I'll give, I'll give my last point. Um, and I think, you know, when we try to answer these questions of when is it going to stop, right? That was Steve Curry's big question. I, I hate just sitting here trying to bully Steve Curry the whole time <laughs> and like not act like he didn't have, he has a reason to be, you know, we're not saying he doesn't have a reason to be mad. Yep. But when we're saying, you know, when is these things going to stop? I think it stops when we take, the the victims of trafficking seriously when we take down these industries that are feeding into trafficking i think it stops when we stop aborting our children um because now like i said before they're just they're acknowledging it's just murder it doesn't matter if it's a life or not it's not the argument they want to exert their freedom on it i think um you know these these things will stop when we try to actually care about our children we're not just divorcing and say ah it's normalized we can do whatever we want dude it's all good you'll be all right brother so make sure you go to dad's every other Saturday. I think these issues stop when we uh, stop leading our kids off to uh, Scientology English teacher who has the, he still has the Bernie sticker on his back car. I mean, there's so many things. It's like when we start to take virtue seriously and our responsibility as, as, as uh, creations of God and, and children of God, seriously, I think those are when those things are going to stop. Until then, like this is what the culture of death is. It's, um, it's millions of victims of trafficking that don't get one second of airtime it's uh continual suicides it's homicides in the streets of chicago or wherever it's going to be that won't get any attention at all we're not going to talk about that sort of gun violence only this gun violence that we know can bring really good division within everybody i mean we're we're talking about when is this stuff going to end it's like when we return man that's when it's going to end you know when we return when we listen to our lady for once in one of her apparitions you know all the protestants maybe give that a little listen um (laughs) I mean, there's so much here. It's like, and I guess I'll just end on, it's not going to stop when you put something on your story. That's all I'll say. So if you think you're doing something by putting something on your story, you're not really doing it. Yeah, I mean, let's just kind of summarize that, right? There's no way you can promote abortion 
promote promote pornography, promote promiscuity, promote divorce, promote gender confusion, promote um, objectification, promote um, self-determination um, at all costs, and act like you're surprised at what happens in our world. Because what we've told this generation and all the generations that suffer because of it is that your life is no meaning. There's no purpose outside of whatever you or perhaps somebody else determines. Um, and you're nothing. You're, you're an object to be used. And, and your life is meaningless. And so, you know, I think about um, the, our, our, our purpose in life. And it is to be a saint. It is to be a saint. It's to lead other people. What the world needs is Jesus. And what the world uh, needs to hear is that, that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you and that your, your life is worth that much. And people need to know that they're loved. And, you know, we don't want to uh, di- be dismissive or trivialize the pain and the evil that, that has occurred in these mass shootings or um, and even with some of these, these confused brothers and sisters that are out there really in pain, right, when they're, they're saying stuff that they've been saying or promoting some of this evil, they're obviously in the, in the grips of Satan. Um, whether they acknowledge it or, or realize it or not. And so we've got to continue to hold them up and pray for them. And um, I guess the only thing I want to be able to end on is like this idea of freedom, freedom to choose. Like you have a freedom right now to go to worldablaze.org, right? And, um, and, and to That's get true. the midnight tea, right? I mean, I think you Not got right there. You, you got the freedom to choose to sign up for the 1249 Society, right, Mix? Right, yeah, 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 you got that. I mean, you don't have the freedom to get this just <laughs> yet, but you will. Um, you have the freedom to, cel- to celebrate Sacred Heart Month. Uh, and Juneteenth and Father's Day and my birthday. Uh, you know, it's a lot of good things happening. <laughs> Enjoy that freedom, baby. So we just uh, thank you for joining us. You know, you got the freedom to share this with other people. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. And you also have the freedom to, you know what? Get holy or die trying. God's peace. <laughs>